This episode of First Line is sponsored by TrueLearn, an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. I am so excited to partner with TrueLearn because it is the only company I trusted for Comlex Level 1 prep last year and Level 2 prep this year. For my listeners who are taking the USMLE, TrueLearn also has an amazing USMLE smart bank. Each TrueLearn smart bank practice question has detailed answer explanations and succinct bottom lines to get the big learning takeaway. TrueLearn includes first aid references for each question and an option to create tests based off of topics, so you can use TrueLearn to help prepare for your school's test during the year. Lastly, if you are in your third year like me, TrueLearn also offers smart banks for shelf exams. Go to TrueLearn.com and use one of my special discount codes for up to $35 off your new subscription. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. TrueLearn is the first line solution to excelling on your your exam. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson and this is First Line. I'm here to bridge the gap between sophisticated doctor talk and oversimplified patient education to bring listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness. Through an osteopathic lens, First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, hot topics in healthcare, the journey to becoming a physician, mental health, relationships, and even philosophy, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Thanks for joining me for another episode. I did decide after finishing undergrad and before starting medical school to take a gap year, and this decision was because I did want to boost my GPA up a little bit, and I wanted my senior year to count in that calculation, And since you do apply, like, the year before you go in, I didn't have my final senior GPA yet when applying. So I took a year off and then applied during my gap year. A lot of students choose to pursue, like, a master's program, which I think is a good idea. But please know that you do not have to do that. Schools are not expecting you to do a master's degree during your gap year. They are, however, expecting you to have things to talk about during your interview because that that is something that they're interested in to find out who you are and why you decided to not go straight from undergrad to med school. During my gap year, I also didn't opt to travel, and there's nothing wrong with doing that, but if you do choose to travel, when you're talking about it, try to not make it seem like it was just one long vacation for you. Try to incorporate something about what you learned, how you had to be forced to interact with people different than you, how you learned about other cultures, how you used the time to learn more about yourself, to bond with the people that you traveled with if you choose to travel with other people, and really just try to spin it to make it seem like it will make you a better doctor because that's really what they want to hear. Other people, like me, chose to work during their gap year. And I did it a little bit differently than a lot of other people and I want to touch on it a little bit. I know I'm talking a lot about myself. My original plan was to find a full-time job. I was going to work in a nearby town from my hometown, so I was moving back to live with my parents. I was going to get a job working for a community house 
with their medication disbursement. And I was really excited. I interviewed with them. I was offered the position and I was excited for it. But I ultimately realized that it was going to really tie me down. Not to say that full-time jobs stop you from pursuing personal growth, but I personally, when I was thinking about the logistics to myself, I knew that my gap year was my last chance of living a life where I didn't have to study all the time. I wasn't responsible for patients. It was also time that I could travel a little bit if I wanted to. I also had another job that did require a little bit of travel as well. I knew that if I took this job, I would have to quit that other job that was more of a part-time. And I ultimately decided not to take the job. Instead, I still held on to that part-time job I had. It was involved in a campus-level student organization that has chapters across the country, but I was in in charge of a few of the chapters across the state of Pennsylvania. And so I wanted to continue with that job, but in addition, I wanted more of a position that allowed me to interact with a lot of people and kind of give back to my community. And for me, that was a deep-seated need, but it also gives me something else to talk about during my med school interviews. So. I wanted to do a little bit more volunteering. I reached out to my hometown township municipal government and I asked them what I could do to volunteer. And I sent them my resume, gave them a little bit of what my interests were. I noticed that they did have a part on their website that said what they need volunteers for, like different events going on, and I indicated interest in that. And the township manager reached back out to me and said that due to my bachelor's degree, I was actually eligible to get a job there. They offered me a job as an assistant in the office, and it was in this job that I was able to give back to my community I did a lot with paperwork and organizing their files, looking through a lot of old blueprints and worked there for about a year. And this job I thought was amazing because I made my own schedule. I would be assigned little projects that, I say little, but they were projects that would take me like a few weeks at a time to do each of them. But I would come in for as long as I wanted to, clocked in my own hours. Largely, I was working independently, but I did report to a few of the other people who worked in the office. And I really loved that job. I listened to a ton of podcasts during that time, binged so many different ones. Honestly, it retaught me some humility with never dismissing a job that I thought was beneath me, but taking every opportunity I could to to work for my town and to make some money and have something cool to talk about during my interviews. And this job, since I chose my own hours, it never interfered with the other job I had. And I'm not done yet. Okay, so even with these two jobs that I had, I got a third job. 
My third job was I was tutoring, and these were usually nighttime because these students have school all day, and then they come home, and then after they're done their homework, they would have a tutoring session with me one or two hours. And so I was able to do this. It never interfered with anything else I did. I could even, since it was done on a computer, I was able, when I was traveling or when I went to conferences, I was able to just take my laptop with me, and I was able to earn some money on the run. And I loved that job. They asked if I wanted to come back to teach during any time I had off during medical school and I was so sad to say sorry I don't think I can do that. I have too much going on for that to be something that I can commit to. And I'm not done yet. I had a fourth job which had the least amount of hours by far. It was a substitute cycling instructor, indoor cycling, also known as spinning. And this was something I did during college, also gave me something really good to talk about during my interviews, but also it was just something that I loved to do. I was the person that screams at you while you exercise and gets you motivated and plays really awesome music. That's probably my favorite part, picking what songs I got to play during the drills that we had. And so I got a job very close to my hometown that when they needed me, I would come in and I would teach a class. And I loved doing that, especially since it was a very different demographic than what I was used to. I was used to young female college students mostly. And now I had a mix of men and women, mostly in their 40s, I would want to say, but there was a few young ones as well, and definitely a few older ones too. So I was able to get away with playing some old 80s music, some mix of different routines, and really enjoyed that as well. So you can imagine, my interviews, there was so much I could talk about, and that's really what you want to do. So do not let yourself get into this mindset that you're pre-med and you have to check all these boxes. Keep doing what you love to do and that is going to be a bigger asset for you. Do make sure you're doing everything you need to, like if you need that research experience and you need that clinical experience and you need letters of recommendations, so that means you need to shadow physicians and network with them. Do all those things still but don't let yourself get into this mindset that, oh, I have to get a master's in public health or I have to do two years of research before I can even apply to medical schools. That is not necessarily true. Med schools want people that are committed to being physicians, but also have other interests and are interesting people and aren't just surface level, pre-med, cookie cutter. They want to know who you are and that should be easy to do, but sometimes it's hard because we think we need to change ourselves into this kind of perfect pre-med student. That's who my advisors thought I should be too. And I didn't take their advice and I don't know where I got this from. I think I probably did a lot of research talking to students that have gone before me. No one was telling me this. I just put myself in that position of someone interviewing, and this is true for all jobs. They, they want to know if you're someone that they would want to spend more time with and get to know more. 
And this is especially good for DO schools because they do care about the whole person. MD schools might put a little bit more emphasis on research, so you might want to look into that more. I can't really speak on behalf of that. But the takeaway here is if you want to do something, you can do it. You can do it well. You can get into your dream school. Figure out what it takes to get there. Keep being yourself. Keep having other interests. Don't just do things just so you can talk about it during your interview, but do make sure you're volunteering and you're involved in the community. Don't make decisions that will cause you an ability to be present for your family and your friends. I'm really glad that my gap year I was able to see my boyfriend and husband so many times because it was a good investment. We ended up getting engaged during my gap year and then we were also planning a wedding and got married during my gap year which was about two weeks before I got to start medical school. First Line is now available on a variety of platforms including Spotify and Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon and Audible, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Castro, Player FM, Podbean, TuneIn, Reason, and iHeartRadio. Please subscribe and follow wherever you listen to your podcasts. When you are making your list of medical schools that you want to apply to, I would recommend making a spreadsheet, either Excel or on Google, and make some columns of things that are important to you. On mine, I had obviously the school name, the location, I had the cost of tuition, I had whether I was competitive for it, so I had their average GPA, if I was able to find it, average MCAT, if I was able to find that as well, and I had what they require if I needed to write an essay for it or anything like that. That was a way that I could really narrow it down to having a few reach schools, so ones that I was maybe a little bit below their average, and then I had I had schools that were a better fit, that I was right around the average, and then I had some safety options that I was very competitive for and I could see myself going to still, but I never, never included a school that I couldn't see myself going to and being happy. And so I applied to, I think about 10 schools and got several interviews. A lot of people applied to a lot more than 10. So I'm not saying that you should also, but I am saying you probably don't need to apply to 50 schools. There aren't even 50 DO schools. There are about 37 DO schools. So I applied to about a quarter of them, so I was a little bit picky, but I know that applying to these places costs money for your application and then adds up a ton. So I'm just saying, if that's something you're worried about, you do not need to apply to 20, 30, 40 schools. I was so surprised how many interviews I did end up getting. I was expecting to get maybe one interview and then having to go there or just not being accepted at all and having to take another gap year. So having multiple interviews, I was really able to treat my interviews as me interviewing them because 
I knew I was competitive for these programs. I knew that I had a really good interview, that I was someone that they wanted to, to go there. And everywhere I interviewed, I actually got an acceptance too. I think that was from a standpoint that I was trying to figure out whether I liked them. So I was asking more questions than I was probably answering. I was very high energy the whole time. I didn't feel like I had to put on a show for them. I just was very open, answered all their questions. I was just myself. I really took opportunity to know all of the faculty that we met during interviews. I wanted to talk to current students and they love that. They love if you show interest in wanting to know them instead of interviewees coming in and kind of putting on a show and showing them what they're made out of instead of it being really a two-way being like this is why I'm a good fit for you now you tell me why you're a good fit for me. I was between two schools definitely. It was probably the biggest decision of my life because when it came to my undergrad college it was almost a no-brainer because the schools I was accepted to, there was one clear winner. When it came to the best ranked school, the best biology program, and the lowest tuition, my school had all of them beat, so it was very easy. However, when it came to medical school, I was definitely between two. They checked all my boxes. One had cheaper tuition, but one had a little bit better quality of life. And I was obviously doing, you know, the Venn diagram of the pros and cons of each one. And I was looking at it and I was like, okay, this school has all of the kind of objective pros, but this school has a lot of the subjective pros. So by objective, I mean the, the lower tuition, the cheaper living situation, they had a better rank. But then I looked at the other school, and it's more subjective, that their students seemed happier. It had more of a supportive environment. They are of the Christian faith and incorporate that into their curriculum. I went there, and I just felt something when I was there that I didn't feel at the other school. It was very hard for me. But ultimately, what stuck with me so much was that these are both really good schools and they both have very objective things going for both of them. One was slightly better than the other, but they both have that going for them, that they are good schools and they don't have super high tuition and the living situation isn't that expensive. But what you cannot ignore is that the students seemed happier at one school over the other. And they have a philosophy that I can identify so much more with. And you can't replace that. I ultimately decided to go to the school that had more subjectivity with my decision. And I never regret it. Unless I look at how much I owe intuition. But honestly, I do not regret it. I am very happy here. I can't imagine it any other way. I don't know if I would have survived the first year anywhere else. The faculty at my school are so supportive, more than I could ever imagine. And I, I also prayed for this decision so much 
every day for a long time. It worked out so well. You can send me a voice message using the Anchor app. If you want to send me a comment, ask a question, or share any topic ideas that you want for an upcoming episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it if you take some time, just a minute of your time to write a review. Hopefully it's five stars, but I really like honest reviews. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. So I guess the takeaway here is really, really take stock of what is important to you. It is important when you're originally writing your list of schools to apply to, but it is even more important when you're down to two or three. And if you're fortunate enough to get accepted to multiple schools, then you really have to think what is best for you. Not just which school is the higher rank, not just which school has the lower tuition, but think about is it important to you how happy the students are? And maybe tuition is the most important thing to you. And I don't really know why it would be because if there's a better school with slightly higher tuition, then you're going to be able to pay it back eventually. And you can't really put a price tag on good education that gives you your dream career. I'm sure there's a lot of other things like location that is really important to people. I did not stay in my home state and I didn't stay in the same state. I went to undergrad college. I went elsewhere, but I know a lot of people that is super important for them. So do not compromise on what is important to you. If you have non-negotiables, hold on to those. You can send me a voice message using the Anchor app. If you want to send me a comment, ask a question, or share any topic ideas that you want for an upcoming episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it if you take some time, just a minute of your time to write a review. Hopefully it's five stars, but I really like honest reviews. I'm looking forward to hearing from you.